Son and Holy Spirit, Amen. Please be seated. Today is Memorial Day and most of our pilgrims are on their way back home. So I guess for the big day was always Sunday for these pilgrimages. We had a pretty good crowd, thank God. Today for the message from the Gospel, I took three verses and put them together to give you confidence, little flock that in your prayer you have power. Now, how did you gain that power? It's because you are the part of the body of Christ. The parable of the vine is talking about Christ being and that we are plugged into him especially by the sacraments of initiation. That there's a life in us that is not our own. It comes from the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and dwells within us as in a holy temple. When you pray, because you are the body of Christ, Jesus is praying. That Christ is praying. Sometimes I say to the Lord, I've just had surgery a few weeks ago, and now the gospel book has to be lifted for me because it weighs about 20 pounds. It's too much for me right now, but in another week or two, I'll manage that gospel book. So I say to the Lord in my prayer, how what care are you giving this body? It's your body, and what are you doing to it? But he reminds me, my dear priest, my body shed its blood on the cross for all of you, and no life is without the embracement of the cross, especially for you people who are monks. I say to the Lord, everybody should be a monk. They all have to embrace the cross. So we have physicians and doctors and witches and all sorts of warlocks and everybody that's going to tell us we're going to be cured. And they do a pretty good job except for the warlocks and witches. And I have great confidence in my physicians. But I know that ultimately there is only one physician of souls and bodies, and that is Jesus Christ. How do you live as part of his mystical body? Are you as prayerful as your master is? Do you spend time in vigil with him? Are you faithful every day to your prayer life, 
Do you read the scriptures so that you be fed on his words, especially John's gospel? Do you understand the connection between the scriptures of the Old Testament, which are commentated upon in the New? One of the things we learn coming to the monastery, our life is a busy one, and there's too much work, let's face it. We need help all the time. But we do the best we can. But I always remind the monks, your first obligation is prayer. I remind all Catholics of that, all Christians. Their first obligation is prayer. So when you get sick, and you're miserable, and let's face it, we're all miserable when we're sick, and it's not the best time to pray either, is it? But in desperation, we still pray. You have to think of today's gospel. What you ask for in prayer, you will receive. Now be careful what you ask for in prayer. It's very dangerous because God's going to give it to you. In my own life, I prayed to be a priest. I became a priest. I prayed to build little churches of the Eastern Rite across the, along the roads and byways. I did that. I think that God has been so generous to me. I prayed for parishioners. I received them to share my vision of faith with them, to grow in holiness to realize what is in their heart and, and selfishness to die in them. If you do not give up your selfishness, it's hard for God to do the work he wants. At the same time, you're putting obstacles in the way of his divine life within you. Now, let me tell you something. As you grow older and your body starts to fail, Selfishness will not help. A good conscience and consolation that you did God's will, that you lived in the vine, which is Christ, will be a consolation to you. When my dear mother was failing, Dr. Savage took care of her. She would ask me questions. I'd sit by the bed with her talk to her. It's very difficult to watch. She said, what have I done wrong? I said, Mom, I think most of our sins are sins of everybody else. We're sort of same species, you know. I said, you haven't done anything so terrible that brought this suffering upon you. I said, Mom, Jesus walked the way of the cross. He suffered due to the will of the Father. And he gave meaning to your suffering by your union with him. Because you're, when you suffer, Mom, Christ suffers. You are in your passion as you approach the Lord. So anyway... Mom liked doctors in hospitals. I said, you want to stay at home? No, I want to go to the hospital. 
She's happy around doctors. She was a medical assistant, you know. I says, you know, Mom, you don't have to go to the hospital. Because I had talked to Dr. Savage, and he said, some morning you'll wake up, and Mother will be gone. And I was trying to prepare myself for that, but she died in the hospital while I was celebrating Divine Liturgy for her. And Dr. Savage came up at the end of liturgy and told me Mother had gone. She did not die alone. One of the ladies was with her saying the rosary. And she had the icon of our Blessed Mother in the room with her. And uh, they moved her around the hospital as she failed. I didn't care for that too much. But I had to think about my parents as I grow older too, especially as I have these little six bells now and again. I remember I'm not only the part of the glory of Jesus Christ, but I am part also of his sufferings. And I have to make my act of faith each day. The doorway of death is to new life, but death is our enemy. Don't rejoice in it too much. And hang on. Be a brave soul. In this temple today, there are young men who probably will wind up in this monastery. It's a wonderful thing to breathe and live for Christ. But you breathe and live for Christ so that others will catch the disease. <laughs> to breathe and live for Christ so that you will have on your lips power to ask the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and they will give you whatever you want. I'm telling you, they have built this temple. They have built four parishes. They made my life as a priest, as a joy, even when you rascals gave me a hard time. It's a wonderful thing to belong to Jesus Christ and his mystical body, to have that life that is in him pulsating in you. And he doesn't want to lose that. Even if you lay down and die, you have victory in the living Lord. So today I give this homily because it's Memorial Day and I'm a military person. Sometimes they get aggravated with me and they call me the colonel. Well, I am a colonel, retired, but I'm a colonel, still a colonel. And I thought that was one of those miracles that God performed when I made a colonel, but anyway, I did. And I worked with a lot of young men and women in the military, many of whom who died. So what could I say to them as they died for their country? I didn't talk about politics. I said, you've served your country well, and you're giving your life for your country in union with Christ, and Christ desires the sanctity of the United States of America. It's not easy 
especially in the military, to see young people die because the military is not for old people. Once you get about 60, they kick you out. They can't have you flopping around the place and falling apart, you know, as we do gradually. But it's a great privilege. My family, as you know, my mother's side, we go back to the, before the revolution, we go back to the Jamestown colony. And the first winter, they almost died out. They were not Democrats or stuff like that. They were royalists. And of course, as the United States became the United States, it shed its ties with England, but we're still very tied to England. We almost beat with one heart. And from England, we've got a lot of things that are good, and there are multiplication of religions which not so good, we have too. But there's one church, Jesus Christ Church, and it's meant for all of us, even in America. In my family, there was a military tradition. My grandfather, Stanechar, had been in the emperor's army in Austro-Hungarian Empire. He's very proud of that. He used to say, old country Woyak, that means soldier, this country bum. He says, they don't appreciate the military. I never liked that. So when I got done with my seminary training, I didn't think I was doing anything much in the diocesan priesthood. I wrote to Cardinal Cook, and I volunteered to become a chaplain. Other things I had done is go up to West Point and visit there. I said, these guys need somebody to keep them on straight and narrow. It was a wonderful opportunity to evangelize. Many people are in the Eastern Church today because they met me in the military. I still hear from them. They still send me gifts at Christmas and during the year and ask for prayers and also support the monastery. So we benefit even now from the military. And of course you have my pension, which is no small thing. There's so many people I remember when I was in England, airplane went down. They were having trouble with the airplanes in England. So the undertaker talked, he asked me to help him. Chaplains would often go in and be morale officers for soldiers who were working on the dead. And I went in to be a morale officer, even with the undertaker. And There was this young man, young woman, being shipped home. They look beautiful, because when the military lays you out, they put so much juice in you, you're good for 500 years, huh? There they were, in their BVDs, with their uniform uh, inside in a plastic bag, you know, so that when they got to Dover, they would be dressed and put in their coffin and sent home with an officer. 
to be there with the family and make sure everything went right. And they would receive military honors. I used to think to myself, if this man had lived, or woman, what great things they could have done. But, you know, I'm sort of a hawk. We have a very valuable piece of real estate in our United States. And therefore, it must be defended. Let someone come and take it from us. And the threat is constant. So I memorialize today the men and women who I've served in the military with myself, and now they're getting older and they're falling asleep or they're losing a spouse, or they may even lose a, lose a child that went into the military. And I don't lament that too much, dying for your country, as the great loss of youth to our country. We have a tragedy in our country now. We don't have many men and women who are fit to serve in the military because of the wide use of drugs. And unfortunately, here in Oregon and Washington, you can go in the shop and buy them. And these drugs, these recreational drugs, they just prepare for harder drugs. And what I see is the threat to our national security in not having a fit military force. I'm glad the present administration is beefing up the force. We need that. We have to grow future generations. I'm very chagrined that families have become so small. So if you lose a child, you might lose your whole future. Unless you lose your child to the church. But the child that serves in the church, you have a great future because he is part of the ministerial praying body of Christ. So today, my dear brothers and sisters, make sure that you know death is sure. Make sure that you know that we have to raise generations to continue the life of the mystical body of Christ in the church, especially in the monastic community. Because the very heart of the church is the prayer of monks and nuns. And they are poorly supported, both financially and spiritually. But as their heart beats and their prayer beats, they're bringing, with Christ's heart, life to the Holy Catholic Church. It's a great vocation. Remember those who died on the field of battle in all our wars, French and Indian War, Revolutionary War, Civil War, a big mistake, World War I, which has destroyed Europe, World War II, which put our economy back in place. We lost a lot of people. All this blood is not for nothing. 
I thought when I was in the military, it's a good place to be there to defend the world from communism because our church was almost eliminated completely by the communists in Central Europe. But when they disappeared, the church came out blooming. It's growing like mad. So that blood of martyrs is not for nothing. And the blood of our boys and girls that die in the field of battle is not for nothing. It is the blood of Christ, as the church teaches us, on the martyrs we will grow on their blood. And maybe our expansion in the United States of our church is due to the blood of our fellows in the field, the prayers of our church. Has this blood of martyrs made it is our baptism for growth? So you young men, you thank yourselves if you're going to come to the monastery for this baptism of blood. Prepare yourselves for a prayerful life, but not an life that's not done difficult. But don't think about yourself. Think about the glory of God, whom you can serve. So when Tobias, he's young to be a monk, but we're happy with him, and I was talking to him about coming to the monastery. I said, you have a choice. You can go in the military and die for your country, or you can come to the monastery and die for Christ. I said, make the right choice. Name the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen.